Chapter One of Some Articles About Mark Twain. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Greenman. Some Articles About Mark Twain. Chapter One Samuel Langhorne Clemens by Charles H. Clark. Samuel Langhorne Clemens of Hartford, Connecticut is known all over the world as Mark Twain. His books have been translated into all the modern languages, and his name has become a household word wherever people read. He first acquired fame by his inimitable and irresistible humor, but the position which he has taken is due not merely to his success as a humorist, but to the genius of the man as displayed in various directions. He has taken a leading place in literature, in society, and in business in America, and his career is a most suggestive illustration of how the natural gifts of a man can conquer obstacles that seem impossible. At the age of twelve years he was a penniless, unschooled orphan, at twenty an illiterate pilot on the Mississippi, and even at thirty he was entirely unknown and had written very little while at thirty-five he was famous, and now, past fifty, a gentleman of culture, each year adds to his fame and strengthens his position. His was no accidental success, for, if so, his light would have long ago gone out. On the contrary, his wit is as keen, his humor as fresh, his satire as sharp, and his imagination as fantastic as when people first realized the power of these gifts that he possesses. He was born in the little town of Florida in Monroe County, Missouri, November 30, 1835. His father died in 1847, and the boy had thereafter to support himself. His first work was as a printer, and though he changed his occupation in a short time, this beginning was no doubt influential in subsequently turning his mind to literary work, as it has been with so many others. At seventeen he decided to follow the Mississippi River as a pilot, and he learned the channel for 1,375 miles, from St. Louis to New Orleans. Many of his books reflect his observations and experiences there, noticeably The Life on the Mississippi, 1883 and it was from his life there that he took his pseudonym of Mark Twain, which is a call relating to the sounding for the depth of water. From the Mississippi he went to Nevada as private secretary for his elder brother, who had been appointed lieutenant governor of the territory. There he drifted into mining, and shared the experience of the many who make it a failure and are not heard of, not of the few who make great fortunes. In 1862 he was offered the place of local editor of the Virginia City Enterprise, to which he had occasionally contributed. He first used his signature of Mark Twain upon that journal. In 1864 he went to San Francisco, still in newspaper work, and wrote there occasional sketches which had in them the elements of popularity. In 1866 he made a trip as a correspondent to the Sandwich Islands, and when he returned he lectured in Nevada and California. His career so far abounded in variety, but could hardly be called successful, and gave but the slightest promise of what the next few years would reveal. 
in the spring of eighteen sixty seven he went to new york and published there his first volume the celebrated jumping frog of calaveras and other sketches this sold well both at home and in england the choice humor of the jumping frog story was at once appreciated and the reputation of the author was established in that same year eighteen sixty seven mark twain sailed on the steamer quaker city on her journey to the holy land which journey is now famous because he made it in his innocents abroad he described the sights experiences emotions and characters of that singular and interesting trip it is one of the most widely read of all american books and deserves to be there is nothing like it except one or two of his later books and they are not like it through any repetition it is a remarkable book in many ways its humor is simply irrepressible and cannot be put down the reader may try to resist it and may even at first rule it out of order but you have to surrender to it and you laugh as you surrender and yet funny as it is it is also one of the most admirable descriptive works of travel that has been written people journeying over the same ground or seeking information as to any of the places mentioned find it very useful to consult for practical purposes it has had an immense sale and has been translated and printed in many languages roughing it eighteen seventy one and a tramp abroad eighteen eighty are of the same character in many respects but each has its individuality while they all have the individuality of the author stamped upon them mark twain's list of publications includes beside the jumping frog innocents abroad roughing it and a tramp abroad which have already been alluded to the gilded age by himself and charles dudley warner eighteen seventy three the adventures of tom sawyer eighteen seventy six sketches eighteen seventy seven the prince and the pauper eighteen eighty one the stolen white elephant eighteen eighty three life on the mississippi eighteen eighty three the adventures of huckleberry finn eighteen eighty five and a library of humor eighteen eighty eight this last is a compilation of the characteristic works of american humorists in which all classes of such writers are included both the dead and the living it is a large volume and as the first is so large it may be followed by others of a similar nature a deal of reading and selecting was necessary in the preparation of the volume which though only now published was in great measure ready five years ago mark twain was aided in preparing it so the writer understands by mr w d howells the story of the gilded age developed the unique character of colonel sellers unique in letters but familiar in daily life and the play of colonel sellers based on the story was worked out by mark twain and proved as great a success as his stories already more than half a million probably six hundred or seven hundred thousand of mark twain's books have been sold in this country england and her colonies have taken half as many more and the larger works have been translated into german french italian norwegian danish etc his name is known all over the world in personal appearance he is of slender figure with a very noticeable face and head his gray hair is thick and curling and his very heavy eyebrows arch over keen gray eyes 
in conversation he has a somewhat slow and deliberate manner of speech but his talk of the moment among his friends sparkles with the same irrepressible humor that marks his writings some men when they acquire the fame that mark twain secured for himself which came no doubt to his own surprise proceed to write themselves out as rapidly as possible they empty their wells and dry up it is a proof of the size of his mind that he fell into no such error he was equal to his opportunity and aware of his perils and as soon as he saw the world was ready to listen to him he proceeded to make himself more worthy to be heard for years he has been a conscientious and untiring student of language literature history etc not merely making up for deficiencies of early education but laying solid foundations and building on them a broad and liberal culture which has made him a man of letters in the true sense of the term his thorough knowledge of english and american literature is supplemented by a knowledge of that of various other languages of which he has acquired a thorough command the story of the prince and the pauper for instance reveals somewhat the extent and fidelity of his study of early england and is a story that at the beginning of his career he could neither have thought out or appreciated and yet it is very distinctively marked with his peculiar mark the singular and varied experiences of his life however unfortunate many have seemed at the time have proved his good fortune in giving him a remarkably wide opportunity for the study of human nature in eighteen seventy one mr clemens and his family made hartford their home he built a novel and interesting brick house which is next door on one side to the home of charles dudley warner and on the other side to that of harriet beecher stowe these three famous hartford writers none of whom is a native of the city have for years lived within the sound of each other's voices in what is known as nook farm a part of the city that was once remote and secluded although houses have now sprung up all about it mr clemens home is seldom without a guest and life there comprehends a large measure of what is most enjoyable his books have brought him in a princely income and he has shown extraordinary good sense in other business affairs in the new york publishing house of c l webster and company which brought out general grant's memoirs he is a partner and the guiding spirit and its publications have been phenomenally successful he has also gone into other outside operations many an author would be satisfied with the profits he has made upon mark twain's scrapbook a work with nothing in it which is one of its advantages over many other books that have been printed this scrapbook he invented because he had never found what he wanted more than one hundred thousand have been sold mark twain is an inveterate smoker a master at bicycle riding a good whist player and the holder of the champion cue at billiards among his friends he has a billiard room in his house where every friday night he reasserts his supremacy he is a reader of the finest discriminative faculty high dramatic power and remarkable sympathetic interpretation and his reading of browning whom he greatly admires is a choice entertainment he is a prominent member of the literary circle in hartford known as the monday evening club 
to which belong or have belonged such men as the late dr horace bushnell and the late dr n j burton and also dr j hammond trumbull charles dudley warner senator joseph r hawley president george williamson smith of trinity college the rev joseph h twichell the rev dr parker and others an active membership in all of twenty persons he has made himself an important factor in the local and literary life of the city and is one of the most popular as well as most famous citizens of hartford end of chapter one samuel langhorne clemens read by john greenman